You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Folks, welcome to episode 109 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchas, and this is the show for October 2022. It is a solo show this month, although it is extremely influenced by friend of the show, Alison Sheridan, because actually the entire show is entirely inspired by a deceptively simple question Alison asked me. And I was so sure I had an answer too, but no. Anyway. The question that sparked this entire show was quite simply, how many cameras does the iPhone 14 Pro have? So I very bravely started with, well, it obviously had, oh, hmm. And I trailed off and disappeared for half an hour, I think, um, going around in circles. It's actually a deceptively difficult question. How many cameras does the iPhone 14 Pro have? Well, I've been doing a lot of noodling about it, and I've decided that it really depends on your point of view. It depends on what your interest is in the iPhone's photographic system. In other words, it depends on which of the proverbial hats you're wearing. And I can think of at least three different hats giving me at least three different answers to that very simple question. So let's start start at the basics. So our very first hat looks at it from a purely hardware point of view. I have my iPhone 14 Pro in my hand. How many physical cameras in the most basic sense of the word does it have? And I would argue the answer is four. Because if you remember back to in episode 41, where I talked about how a camera works, a camera is at its most fundamental level, some sort of optical system that focuses light onto some sort of light sensitive surface that can record an image in some way. In other words, lens plus sensor equals camera. So if you take that metric, lens plus sensor equals camera, what does an iPhone 14 Pro have? Well, there's the front-facing selfie camera. That is one lens, one sensor, tick. One. Then you flip the camera around and you have a look on the other side. Well, you have the primary camera, which has a 48 megapixel sensor. So it has a 1x lens and a 48 megapixel sensor. So lens plus sensor equals camera, tick. Two cameras. Then we have the wide-angle lens plus sensor. That's 12-megapixel sensor, so that's three cameras. And the telephoto, the 3X telephoto, which is another 12-megapixel sensor and another lens. So that's four cameras. There are four lenses, there are four sensors, therefore there are four cameras. Job done. That's not really true with the 14 Pro. That was definitely true with the 13 Pro. I I would sort of, you know, I would say, yeah, 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 that's it. That's it covered. But when you think of the 14 Pro, it's learned a new trick. So the sensor on that primary camera, on the 1X camera, is actually behaving in at least three different possible ways. So that one camera can be very convincingly argued is actually three, which would inflate our four physical cameras to six effective physical cameras. So out of the box, your default operation is that you have this 48 megapixel sensor 
Uh, they all receive light, but the output is not a twelve, a forty-eight megapixel image. The output is a twelve megapixel image. The reason is because by default, the main sensor is used in a sort of a simulated twelve megapixel sensor, and it basically you take every group of four pixels and you pretend. There are one pixel. This is called pixel binning. And if you're saying to yourself, what's the point in having all of those megapixels and then pretending you don't? Well, the answer is you end up with a much, much better signal to noise ratio when you do that. And you end up with much better light gathering capacity because you have four buckets to catch light instead of one bucket to catch light. So you catch four times as much light. So there's definitely good reasons why, by default, that camera operates as, as if it were a 12 megapixel camera with better pixels. So that's its default mode, and that's one of its three modes. The second mode is you let the 48 megapixel camera be a 48 megapixel camera. You capture all the pixels as individual pixels, so I call that the high-resolution mode, the high-resolution operation. And we have to manually turn that on as you know, as prosumer photographers, but we can do that. And then we have a very large image file, but we have all of that detail at our disposal. And then there's its real party trick. You can operate the primary sensor in such a, or the primary camera in such a way that it behaves as if it was a 12 mixel 2x zoom. So it does that by only using the central 12 megapixels which gives you a crop factor of two, i.e. multiplied by two relative to the full frame. Now, it's not crop factor in the traditional sense of the word. Maybe I shouldn't. It's a crop of the iPhone sensor, not a crop of 35 millimeter. But anyway, basically, you you half the area of the light cone that you're receiving. Therefore, you zoom in 2x. So that means that it's behaving like a 2x physical zoom. So that one... Lens plus sensor can be use all of the image and only 12 megapixels, all of the image and 48 megapixels, or use only the middle of the image and get a zoomed in 12 megapixels. So it is three distinct cameras if you want to look at it that way. So six, six it is. Okay, third hat then. How does the software and hence the end user see things? Well, if I flip open the iOS camera app, I very clearly get offered the choice of two cameras, front or back. I have, you know, I have a toggle between my two cameras and then I have a shutter to take a picture. If I'm using the front, the selfie camera, I get fewer controls than if I flip over to the rear ca- camera, but the rear camera behaves inside the app as if it were some sort of, you know, pocket-sized camera or whatever with a zoom lens. Because I get a control that allows me to zoom smoothly anywhere from 0.5 up to and including 15x. So it behaves as a completely smooth zoom lens. Now, there is no zooming, right? None of the three sensors and three lenses on the back of that phone have the ability to zoom. They're all fixed focal length cameras. So 
it's using data from all three sensors together to simulate a full range of zoom. So what's really going on is that between those, okay, so there are three lenses and they are casting their image onto three sensors. Those three sensors are physically connected to a bunch of very powerful circuitry, which is interpreted by some very amazing firmware and some very amazing software. And the end result is that what arrives in the camera app is something that behaves like a single camera that intelligently has used information from all the different sensors and lenses to build up one single raw image. Even if you shoot in raw, you're not getting three different raws, you're getting one raw. So there's a simulation going on of a a raw file for a camera that does not exist in reality. It only exists in software slash hardware slash firmware. It's some really impressive computational photography, and it's a bit mind-bending. So actually, if you're a developer working on the camera app, or if you're a user using the camera app, the fact that there's three physical cameras is irrelevant. It's one. It behaves, and it's commanded, and it's controlled like one single camera, which is kind of amazing. So it's either four, six, or two. Take your pick. Or not. The thing is, for most most iPhone users are phone users who like to use the camera to snap a picture as and when something fun happens around them or something they need a record of. They're not photographers, but they're people who find it really nice that their phone has a good camera. And they will never think of it as being anything but two cameras. One looking at me, one looking at the world. I toggle between them with this button here. I doubt most will stop and think, if I hang on a second, there's three big circles on the back and only one camera. How does that work? Right? It does, it's not even a question that gets asked by people who are just using the camera to grab stuff. So to them, it really is a two-camera phone. And sometimes I work like that. But a lot of the time, I am using the iPhone camera and the camera app in a way that I would only do, that that only makes sense to do because I know the underlying complexity exists. So I proactively choose whether or not to shoot in RAW. I proactively choose whether or not I want pixel binning or not on the main camera. And the only zoom modes I ever use are 0.5, 1, 2, and 3. In other words, I am completely sticking to the effective physical cameras. So a lot of the time I'm behaving as if I'm wearing hat number two. But then I also just grab pictures of things from time to time. So a lot of the time I'm behaving as if I'm wearing hat number three. So actually, to me, the iPhone's main camera is simultaneously one camera, three cameras and four cameras. And I I can sort of live with this superposition in my brain. And 
depending on the context I'm in when I pick up the camera and snap a picture, I collapse into one of those states as appropriate. So all of this makes me think that it must be Schrodinger's camera, if you excuse the quantum mechanics joke, because a photon of light is neither a particle nor a wave, or it's both a particle and a wave. And that's kind of what this camera is like. If I'm using it to describe a quick snapshot, I'm using it in one, you know, in one camera mode, and it behaves as if it's one camera. And then when I'm doing high, you know, when I'm trying to be artistic and trying to take a good photo, I steer that camera in the full knowledge that it's actually three physically distinct lenses with three physically distinct sensors, one of which can do a magic trick. And I proactively control it at that level. I force the camera to be one of the three. So I'm choosing sometimes to be aware of the physicality and I'm choosing other times not to care. So it is to me both many cameras and one cameras all at the same time. So it really is Schrodinger's camera. Now, what's the real moral of the story here? Well, actually, I think the real moral of the story here is that as camera technology continues to evolve in this digital age, we're... Actually, no, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. This isn't in the show notes anymore. I've gone off script, which is always fun. So in the early days when I was a computer user... There was a real, you know, you had a physical computer sitting in front of you and it was very straightforward. It had one CPU, it had a bunch of RAM, it had a power supply, you plugged a screen, keyboard and mouse into it and away you went. Nowadays, the vast, vast, vast majority of quote-unquote computers I interact with don't exist. They're virtual machines. There is a physical computer under there somewhere. In fact, my one single VM is actually made up of bits and pieces of many, many computers, most probably most of the time. So sometimes when I'm in maintain the virtualization cluster mode, I am completely aware of the fact that the apparent single computer running the apparent multiple computers is an actual fact. Six physical computers and a bunch of rack-mountable disk arrays, which you could arguably count as being many other servers. So I know that physically it's actually 10 servers pretending to be 100 servers. And sometimes I'm in the mode where I'm dealing with 10. And then a lot of the time I'm in the mode where I'm just dealing with virtual machines. And so to me, maybe there's only, you know, the one computer I'm using, although it's probably spread across many physical computers. Or at times I'm just thinking in terms of the virtualization cluster holds many virtual machines and I sort of mentally think of the virtualization cluster as one computer running many pretend computers. So again, I'm in that sort of superposition where the line between what is a computer, how many computers are in our data center? That's actually an impossible question to answer anymore in this stage of virtual computing, depending on how I count. It could be 10, it could be 100, it could be something in between. How many cameras are there on this iPhone? It depends, because we're now in a world of virtual cameras. So anyway, I think the really, the best thing about all of this is that by being 
by moving beyond the simple one lens, one sensor, one camera model, Apple are managing to get astonishing photographic performance out of devices that are physically so thin and small that they easily fit in our pocket so we can have them with us at all times. That's a magic trick, which is simply not possible if you confine yourself to the traditional one camera equals one lens casting an image onto one sensor approach. You can't get there without this computational photography voodoo that Apple do. And not just Apple, right? The great thing is that there's a lot of competition here between the Google side and the Apple side leapfrogging each other in terms of how clever they can be with the electronics that goes between the sensor and the camera app. So anyway, I've uh, rambled on for quite a bit. It's kind of a short show because it's been a busy month for me. I've had a lot of things going on. Um, I should say that I think this is the first Let's Talk Photography I'm recording in the new podcasting studios. I mentioned in the previous show that it would be a really good time to donate to the podcast because I may have made a bit of an investment. Um, and when I say may, I mean I did. Um, so I am talking to you through a, a my, it's the same microphone because I love my microphone. It's pretty much the only thing I didn't replace is my microphone. But instead of having a USB cable showed up its bottom, it now has an XLR cable and is now going into an audio interface instead of straight into the back of my computer. Instead of hanging off a boom arm that was just about big enough for my old desk before I moved house two years ago and really, really wasn't big enough for my desk in the new house. So I'm now talking on a boom, you know, the mic is now hanging off a boom arm that is brilliantly sized for my new desk. So I'm talking physically much more comfortably. The XL, the Wave XLR then audio adapter thingy is allowing me much more control over how that mic gets into my computer. My computer then has gone from being a 2018 iMac that, in fairness, served me very well for many years, but really it's getting a bit long in the tooth. Uh, it's now a Mac Studio, which is very appropriate for a studio setup. Uh, but of course, a Mac, an iMac is a screen and computer in one, and a Mac Studio is just a very, very big Mac Mini, Mac Medium, I guess. Um, so obviously I need some sort of screen. So I am also talking at a studio display. And of course, how could you do all of that investment without also getting a new keyboard with a Touch ID sensor? And well, if you're getting a new keyboard, you may as well get the matching black trackpad so it all looks the same. So yeah, it's quite the setup I have here. And I really, 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 really hope it gets me five years of use. The iMac got me four rather than five, but hey, that's still pretty good. I'd like this setup to get me five years, um, but it was quite a large hole in my bank account. So if you would like to support the show, definitely a good time to do so. Anyway, you will find show notes at lets-talk.ie and next to those show notes, you will find a collection of large blue buttons under the heading support the show. The uh, way you can support the show's ongoing monthly expenses, which are continuous and never-ending, is with a wonderful service called Patreon. You pledge a small dollar amount per episode I release. It's one single Patreon for both Let's Talk Apple and Let's Talk Photography, so it will be exactly two shows every month. If you think I am worth $5 a month, then pledge $2.50 per episode. If you think I am worth $2 a month, pledge $1 per episode. You get the idea. 
If you would like to defray the, help me to defray the not recurring costs, the things that happen only every now and then when I need new hardware and new software, that's where PayPal really comes into its own. PayPal is terrible for taking small small donations because basically it all goes in PayPal fees and PayPal make the money and, you know, it still costs you money, but I don't get it. Whereas to send me a one-off, you know, five, ten, whatever dollar donation, PayPal is perfect for that. And like I say, now is definitely a good time to have a few PayPals uh, hit my inbox or rather my bank account. Um, I also want to make sure I give an extremely big thank you to everyone who has ever supported the show because, you know, people's circumstances change. And so you may only be able to give me, you know, one contribution once a decade ago or whatever. But it, it all counts. It all adds up. It is all appreciated. I am so happy to be able to say that because of you guys, because of you, the listeners, I get to do these podcasts without advertisers or sponsors. So what you get is my honest and genuine opinion with no no one paying me to tell you things I don't believe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is such a luxury. There are very few podcasters who can say that they run a break-even show without ads. Uh, I get to do that. I wanted to do that. And I'm so, so happy that you guys have enabled that. So thank you very much to everyone who has ever in any way supported the show. And just telling your friends and spreading the word supports the show because it's about, you know, let's there is a percentage of listeners who will financially contribute to the show. Well, if there are twice as many listeners, there will be twice as many people contributing to the show. So just by spreading the word, you are actually contributing to the upkeep of the show. Anyway, I've rattled on for long enough. Show notes at lessastalk.ie. I've been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy snapping. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey, David, this week on TechFan, let's talk about Apple. I uh, don't like it. Yeah, okay. Uh, Windows? We can talk about Windows. Boring. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of cool things in 3D printing going on. We could we could talk really? about... Cool? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, uh, what about, like, the uh, Raspberry Pi? We've we've discussed that in the past. It's TechFan. No. Uh, you're, you're just being difficult now. What do you want to talk about this week on TechFan? How about we talk about Apple, and then a little bit about Microsoft, and then the Raspberry Pi? You suck. <laughs>